surprise, our kids are getting out of college and they don't know how to live real life. Math is racist and needs to become more woke. And I'm sure the people of San Francisco wish they would be more awake than woke. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbass is Talking Politics. Hey, hey, happy Monday. And not much of a, not much of a really big news weekend, but things are going. There was something very interesting that was released by uh, SWNS Digital. Uh, it basically said that there was a poll. They conducted a poll that basically questioned 2,000 graduating students. Uh, and 81% of them said they wish they had learned some life skills in college instead of what they learned. Because they're having a much, very difficult time trying to live in real life. And here's the stats that this what this poll came out. Very interesting stuff. 30% of the students actually moved back home. 31 students moved back to their hometowns. And their basic excuse was that uh, it's just cheaper to live in the hometown. 32% of their uh, said their student loans were way too high. And they actually couldn't, they were trying to put them off because they couldn't afford them. 70% are overwhelmed by living expenses, things like rent and electricity and cable. 28% don't have enough credit to get a loan. 39% had bad credit. Uh, that 28% also believed that they were going to have problems getting an apartment because they just didn't have any credit. Um, 17% do not know how to cook or do their own laundry. Yeah, I'm not kidding. I'm not surprised either. I am not surprised at all by that. And 26% don't know basic apartment maintenance, such as resetting a an internet router or unclogging a toilet. Now, it's not all bad news here. There is some good news. 70% did feel confident that they were going to be financially stable eventually and that they would find a job in their profession. But outside of that, these guys cannot actually survive in the real world by themselves because they don't know how to deal with things. Now, I blame a bunch of things for this. I believe there's, there's lots of things out there that I think could have really solved this problem. One, I, I personally think a lot of kids today need to join the army. They need to join the military somewhere because I, I swear to you, the military will teach you everything you need to know, not because they're actually going to sit there and they're going to baby you and teach you, but they are actually going to, um, they're actually, it's going to be, you're going to have to do certain things just to be able to survive and not do push-ups. I remember I learned to sew in the army, and it's because when I tore some some crap, I didn't want to go out and buy new outfits every time I tore uh, some fatigue. So I learned how to sew, because a sewing kit kit is a lot cheaper than let's say buying new fatigues. That worked out for me. I I sewed today. Um. I also blame parents here. I think really the parents are the big problem when it comes to this. I personally believe that our parents today, uh, my parents weren't like this. 
I know I was a little bit like this as a parent. I believe we're just have become a, a society of helicopter parents. Okay. And not to mention, you can't blame necessarily we're all helicopter parents. I also say we can blame the fact that um, we don't actually, we actually are single parent homes and things like that. All of that stuff, it does matter. It really does matter. But helicopter parents, if you don't know what that is, a helicopter parent is a parent that basically hovers over their kid all the time. Doesn't let their kids do what they need to do. Doesn't let their kids make mistakes. And then coddles them when they do make mistakes. They want their kids protected. Because parents today, for some reason, I deal with this with Josie on a constant basis, seem to think there are like a rampant number of serial killers out there and rapists and all that stuff. And that she needs to protect, that parents need to protect their kids from all of this. And, I mean, there are dangers in the real world, but that's when you learn to make decisions. And sometimes, gonna make the wrong decisions, and that's fine, but that's how they learn. I can't tell you, my parents were not helicopter parents by any stretch of the imagination, and I can tell you, I've made more mistakes, I think, than just about anybody could anybody could have. And you know what? I was good with it. I I learned from it. Put your hand on top of that oven at that the stove. If it burns your hand, well, you know not to do that again. So that is a thing. Um. My but my parents also not only made me gave me the ability to make mistakes. They also made me do things around the house. And this is something I don't see a lot of. Um, I was 11 years old when I was doing laundry. I was cooking by 15. And if I didn't cook by 15, guess what? I didn't eat. Both my father and mother worked. They weren't always there. My mother wasn't exactly the stereotypical mother. She did not, she did not do too much. So if I wanted to eat, I had to actually cook. My grandfather taught me not only how to unclog a toilet, and, and sink, he actually taught me how to fix a toilet. Like, I can open a toilet. If the toilet's running or something's going on with the toilet, I can actually open it up and take a look and see what is actually broken. I, I can recognize that stuff. He actually had me help him in swapping out toilets. Now, that may seem like a skill that maybe you don't need. I mean, I've used the skill before. I'm not, that doesn't mean I'm a plumber or anything. I'd still hire a guy just to make sure it's done correctly. But the reality is, this is something, I'm, uh, toilets do not scare me. You know what also doesn't scare me? Water heaters don't scare me. Um, water heaters do not scare me. Uh, electrical does not scare me. I know what to do with a lot of this stuff. Drains do not scare me. Garbage disposals do not scare me. I just fixed Josie's garbage disposal about two weeks ago. Very simple fix. But a lot of people, they just don't know. Another thing parents need to do is, I think, let their teenage kids actually get a job when it's legal to do so. I know this is, this is a major problem for a lot of parents. Oh, my kid needs to concentrate on school. I'm dealing with that with Josie right now with her kids. 
Uh, no, they also need to grow up. School is an education. They're supposed to, and what school is supposed to do, they're not doing. I'm going to get to that in a second. But college kids are getting out of college with like zero experience, not even a McDonald's job most of the time. Having a job teaches them things that they're going to need, skills that they're going to need outside of schools. And being able to you determine the person's gender or pronouns, yeah, that's not a thing. They're going to learn responsibility, time management, the value of money, how much it takes to work to make money, and then how much taxes are being taken out. I guarantee you, all this socialism crap that they're talking about right now, that would go out the window of people if everyone worked at 16 and realized, why is the government taking 30% of my taxes out? The importance of attitude in a business, that you can't just flip out anytime you decide to flip out or because the boss says something. People don't care. They learn that business doesn't care about you. You are in the real world. The problem with students... Again, this is a school problem, is that they're they're put on such pedestals that they think that, oh, the rest of the world is going to treat them just like a school does. And parents have a tendency of saying, well, school, that's your job. Yeah, that's their job, but it isn't the job. And the only way they learn that is in school. Now, my first job I had was McDonald's. I only worked there for six months. It's a miserable job. Hated that job. But you know what McDonald's taught me? And every job until I actually got into IT, it taught me that, you know what? You better you better work hard and get your butt out of this because you're going to be earning this minimum wage or close to minimum wage and dead-end jobs for the rest of your life. I thought that was important. And I, I really did learn. Whenever someone says, well, we're, I, I'm trying to get a job here and there, and I, I keep saying, go get a job at McDonald's. Burn yourself a couple hundred times on the deal. Smell like Big Macs every day. And then that'll teach you, I never want to do that job again. And the other thing, and this is what I loved about the food service industry, because those were my first like five or six jobs, is the importance of customer service. You have to learn, you know, that they, they use this term, the customer is always right. A lot of places are beginning to lose that. Well, I mean, they can def- definitely lose it if they want. They don't have to believe the customer is always right. Well, guess what? Then their business gets killed off. So there's lots of things uh, that having a job could do, and all this is because of parents. I also blame the school system itself, and I told you this. When I was in school, the teacher was in charge. I had no rights. I did what the teacher said, period. Well, today the the patients are running the asylum. Children have way too much control over school and school itself. I mean, to the point where even in college, they can get teachers fired because they hurt them in some way with their words or made them do something they didn't feel was right. I mean, hey, here's a newsflash. Um, this crap that they're really pushing within schools that children's have children have rights is absolute crap. Children do not have rights. A 16-year-old, a 17-year-old cannot vote. A 17 or 16-year-old, heck, can't even go into a movie theater, a rated R movie, without at least having an ID. So no, kids do not have rights. They shouldn't have rights. 
And school is meant to actually prepare kids for the real world. And for some reason, this is something that, that kids have forgotten. And it'd be nice if kids actually did something like learn, get an education. Kids know nothing today of history, civics, math, reading, or science. But they, knew, they do know what fat shaming is. They know about racism. And they know all of the LGBTQ stuff, including the pronouns and the 50,000 genders. And even when the pride marches, they have become, schools have become a place for uh, activism. It's not a place where you're actually supposed to learn something. Both learn, become STEM uh, ready, which means you're prepared for college and you're prepared to grow in college and actually learn something that is useful. And um, prepared for life. Like, people have to know, hey, you can't talk like that to somebody. You're, you, you'll never have a job if you talk to people like that. Kids do not have any idea about any of that stuff, and it's really, really kind of sad. And I'll give you a step further. College, I don't think college prepares you for life anyway. I can tell you, when I got went to college back in the 90s, or the late 80s, 90s, I don't think college prepared me for life. One of the things I keep telling uh, uh, telling people, I'm not going to say who, but I keep telling people, you know something? Maybe the best thing you can do, instead of going to college, which I think is just primarily a waste, especially if you're going to do a liberal arts thing, maybe the best way to deal with is to go to a trade school. What do you like to do? What do you want to spend the rest of your life in? Now, like I said a billion times, I have an English, English degree. I love it. I'm glad I have it. I learned a lot from it. But I ended up in IT. I had nothing to do with it. It had nothing to do with my degree. Maybe I should have saved the four years in college and just gone to the year that I had to to get all my certificates for my computer uh, training. Maybe that would have been better. And when I hear someone who, that kid, that kid is not going to survive. I know that kid is not going to survive in, in, in college. I tell them, why don't you skip it, figure out what you want to do, and go get yourself, go to a, uh, a continuation school or a vocational school and learn the skill that you want because colleges don't teach you skill. This was a really, I, I thought this was actually kind of a, a funny, uh, funny poll because we always knew this. I mean, come on. I, I've known this since the 90s. So... Good for them for coming coming out. Let's see. Uh, maybe I'll throw this thing at some of the kids I know and some of the parents I know. Speaking of schools being completely inadequate, <coughs> there's this old video that's online. I've seen it in Twitter, and it just made its appearance again. And it's basically the video is a split screen. The left side of the screen is with a teacher teaching how to do multiplication of multiple digits uh, in the common core technique. And on the right side is a person doing the same multiplication problem on a piece of paper with uh, a pencil. I mean, it's basically how we used to do mathematics. Well, the person on the right finishes the problem in 17 seconds. And I think that she was probably not rushing this. The teacher 
uh, is on step two of a very of the very complicated Common Core process. In the meantime, the gal is making coffee. She lets her dogs out. Finally, the teacher gets to step three, and while the right side is now pouring her coffee and freshly brewing uh, her freshly brewed coffee. At the end, we find out that the teacher got the same answer as the gal on the right, doing it the old-fashioned way, but it took the teacher over three minutes to do the same problem. This is the failure of Common Core. Now, I understand the idea behind Common Core is, is that you should be able to do this in your head, blah, 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 but that method is so complicated. There is no way anyone can get this done. Whereas the method we learned back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, actually throughout history until Common Core came around with Barack Obama, it was the same way. It took us seconds. And now you just go in there and I just rip out my, my problems. It's not a big deal. But math, like other dis, uh, di, um, disciplines, has become politicized, which means we really aren't concerned with whether or not students can do it the right way or understand what they did or actually can go through math very quickly. I mean, it's, it's, it's really embarrassing. I, I don't understand why the left feels the need to fix something that ain't broken, but that's what they did. So Jefferson County Public School, which is the JCPS district in Louisville, Kentucky, Kentucky has decided that math is way too racist to the point of being violent. And teachers need to be taught how to make math less racist. Now, by the way, what bothers me about this is that, you know, math was kind of everyone did math. This wasn't something that, you know, white people did. I mean, Aztecs did math. They did it math in Africa. They've done it in Asia. Math, every culture in the world has actually put in their two cents into mathematics, physics, astrophysics. I mean, let's look at the calendar. Um, I believe the concept of zero was from the Aztecs. Uh, the, concept, the calendar, which is basically math and astrophysics was the one we use today, I believe, was the Aztecs. The Egyptians did. I mean, it was, no, I'm sorry, Egyptians came up with the concept of zero in algebra. It was the Aztecs that came up with the calendar. I'll have to look that up to be absolutely sure. But anyway, mathematics has been anything but racist. But one thing it is, it's exact. It's objective. There are right and wrong answers, period. End of story. Well, the College Fix reported, quote, the program's goal, this program they're trying to implement in uh, Kentucky, the program's goal is to eliminate, quote, eliminate circular violence and innovate mathematics education, end quote, through, quote, unbiased, anti-racist, and racially equitable practices, end quote. Educators will engage in a monthly sessions with Latifa Il-Iddin, Assistant Professor of Mathematics Education at Kennesaw State University, which focus on the topics like white supremacy in mathematics, racial trauma in mathematics, and creating anti-racist lesson plans. 
ID Dean teaches mathematic method courses in the Kenneshaw State University Department of Elementary and Early Childhood Education, emphasizing racial equity and culturally relevant pedagogy. She is also a frequent speaker at educator conferences for the local school district. So, you know, curricular violence. Wow. Wow. That's... That's stupid. That's, I mean, I don't know. Two plus two is not four because it's not equitable. Yeah. Some details of the program is that uh, it, it's going to start in August and go through May 2022. Um, teachers are going to be taught once a week for four sessions, each session lasting two hours about how to get rid of racism in math. Um, and teachers will get one-on-one -on -one training oversight to make sure that that when they say two plus two is four they say it so that the uh there is no curricular violence this isn't all they're trying to implement the same group is also trying to implement critical race theory there's a shocker and lgbtq philosophy in history and disability teachings in history i don't know maybe i'm way off I would just like them to learn history, civics, math, literature, English, science. I, I really don't care about the whole political correctness thing on things that just aren't really meant to be politically correct. Now, we've talked about this before. Math is seen as racist because it's considered objective. And by the way, being objective is a bad thing, even in something that is objective and truth. Like, if you accept that a man can't get pregnant, this is the objectivity that they don't want used by people. If I think, if I objectively think that a man can't get pregnant, I'm a bigot, even though objectively men can't get pregnant. They believe math doesn't have to be objective. They also believe science doesn't have to be objective. They don't believe physics has to be objective objective so they're actually going and attacking it all and just screaming it's racist by the way is it any wonder our kids can't get job, real jobs after they get out of college well speaking of geniuses uh san francisco is having a problem i i know I mean, it, no it's not crime or drugs or homelessness homelessness it's not drug needles on the streets or the cost of living is the highest in the country and nobody can actually get an apartment out there. It's not that the uh, standard of living is terrible and people are miserable over there. Not the poop in the streets. Nothing like that. Um, their trash cans are getting old. So they've decided to buy some trash cans, uh, prototypes, in, uh, in San Francisco and uh, lay them across the city to see how they like them. Now, you might be saying to yourself, okay, Gene, so what? Why are you telling me this? Well, they paid for those 15 trash cans $300,000. In case you can't do the math because you learned Common Core math and you still are probably making the boxes and crap that you need to do for multiplication and division, um, that's $20,000 per trash can. 
Well, good news. Um, the San Francisco Chronicle says that eventually those trash cans will be dropped to two to 3,000 per can. It's just a manufacturing thing. Public Works Act, Acting Director, and I'm going to screw this completely up, Alaric de Granfenried. I'll go to the website and look at it. I, I don't know how to pronounce that. Agreed during the meeting that these prototypes were very high, um, but that's because he ordered them from a designer and requested a custom-made prototype. Wow. Talk about a waste of money. Maybe they should have just saved some money and not get the designer trash cans. Now, I don't know if you've been to San Francisco recently, but San Francisco doesn't look like they, people actually use toilets, much less trash cans. That's because San Francisco is literally a crap hole. It, there's trash everywhere. So I'm pretty sure, you know, I'm pretty sure these guys could have probably gone to Lowe's and gotten a $50 trash can. I think two to 3000 is probably too much for a trash can. Now, a lot of places say they usually spent between one and three, one and $2,000 for trash cans. And that's because the trash cans have higher life and things like that. But it's not like these trash cans live for 75 years. These trash cans were replaced two years ago. I... It just absolutely amazes me that we continue to waste money in this country. And we're wasting, in this state especially, in, in California, which California really seems to have an issue with money as it goes. We probably shouldn't be wasting a lot of money on trash cans. That's awesome. Okay, well, let's get an Olympic update because I haven't talked about the Olympics and uh, apparently no one is watching them. So I would assume that you probably haven't seen them. Uh, well, I'll give you a step further. MSNBC, which is hosting the Olympics, pretty much assumes you're not watching them. Oh, heck, in Japan, they're not watching it. Apparently, uh, 75%, there's a viewership is 75% lower than it was in uh, four years ago for the, or six years ago for the Olympics. And... Here's a real shock. Uh, it's being held in Japan, so that's kind of weird. So anyway, uh, viewership is down by almost by almost forty percent. That is the lowest viewership in the Olympics in thirty three years. Now let let's be let's let's speak truth to power. Okay, let me be woke for a second. Okay, it's probably it could be all the social justice uh, messaging, and there's a ton of it. You got all the athletes doing it, but you also have the commentator commentators doing it on MSNBC. I mean, we heard for about a half hour between events. I was watching it, and they kept talking about social justice and women's rights and blah 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 blah. And then all the sports that I could actually see were women's events in the beginning. Now I don't know if that was done on purpose or not. But literally the first two days I turned on, it was a women's event. I was like, oh, not interested. Uh, I'd rather watch, I'd rather watch whatever. But, hey, it happens. I, I, I don't know. But more likely it's the time change in the United States. I mean, it's 12 hours ahead or behind. I, can't, I don't know what it is. I think it's, it's 12 hours ahead. So, it, you know, most of this stuff is actually playing in the middle of the night.
Social media is telling people what the results of the events are, so people just decide, I'm not going to watch the replay. And they found that everything is down. People just aren't watching a lot of television. Now, that's not to say that the uh, uh, woke politics thing isn't a thing, but it is a thing, too. The IOC outlets, um, the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, and the WNBA are taking this pretty seriously. They actually think this might be because of all the woke stuff. So the IOC has already said there's to be no protesting on the medal stands. No one protests on the medal stands. And the WNBA has actually ordered that all WNBA players at the Olympics and in the WNBA are not to actually kneel anymore. Because the WNBA, whose ratings were phenomenal before, now are really beginning to suck. By the way, I was kidding. Their ratings sucked forever. So, of course, LeBron James uh, has a company. Uh, I don't know what they're called. I'm not going to tell you because I, I really don't think I'm ever going to shop there again. But uh, he said, his company said, Rule 50 is a rule in the Olympic Charter that bans any kind of demonstration and prohibits any opinionated political, religious, or racial, prop, racial propaganda at the Olympic site in 2021. The only time an athlete is able to speak freely is at press conferences and to the media, but not on the Olympic podium when the world is watching. Simply put, we see this as a way of silencing voices. Well, here's a newsflash. Um, this is not the time for you to be talking. This is a time for you to be silent and just be happy. Okay, continuing. And as advocates for athlete empowerment, we take a stand against it and just F you. Who cares what you say? LeBron James is too busy to be at the Olympics. I mean, he hates America. At least good for him. He's not at the Olympics. I'm happy for that. And because he's promoting his stupid frickin' movie. Uh, now, actually, there are some things happening in the sport itself. Uh, men's basketball team lost to France. That's awesome. Um, I don't care about that. I, I hate professionals playing in the Olympics. So they actually lost to France, and they'll probably still win the gold. The women's gymnastic team has some real issues to start the gymnastics. They were supposed to win gold. They were supposed to win it by a lot, but apparently the uh, Russians have taken it to them. They didn't do real well. Um, they still have a chance to win the gold medal. So let's not put I have no problem with the gymnastics team. They seem like they're a great bunch of gals. So I hope they do win. Uh, the United States did have a record-setting day yesterday. Um, according to, uh, where are we here? According, uh, they scored 10 medals yesterday. Four were gold. That was a record. Uh, we still Actually, I think we're ahead of China right now. As of today, we're ahead of China. But as of yesterday, we were still down behind uh, China by one medal. But we hadn't won a medal at that point, so it was kind of cool. Um, the United States won six medals on the first day of swimming. That's very awesome. And we this is a big one. We won our first medal in fencing. And when I told said this to Josie, Josie said, what is fencing? That's sword fighting. It's like um, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader fighting except with real swords, and um, it's a lot faster. 
So a uh, gal was named Lee Kiefer. Um, she won the gold medal. So not only did we win a medal, we won a gold. So that was that was pretty awesome. I'm pretty happy about that. Okay, and then finally we got to get to our TikTok thing, and I loved I love this TikTok thing. So this is a guy, black guy, talking about the conflicts between blacks and Asians. Uh, I'll give him this. Uh, unlike the media, he actually points out that blacks and Asians don't like each other, and they do a lot of violence to each other. And as a matter of fact, if we go a step further, most of the violence is being done by the black community to the Asian community. So they, do, they apparently really don't like each other. But he has a real interesting take on why blacks and Asians don't like each other. Listen. The widespread animosity between Asian people and black people is probably one of the sneakiest tricks ever pulled to uphold white supremacy. I've seen a lot of black people scoff at the idea that the black community should stand in solidarity and support of the Asian community right now. And to justify this, they say, oh, Asian people don't like us, they don't help us, why should we help them? And the answer is quite simple. Because white people don't want us to. It's the same reason that white people pit black men against black women or light-skinned people against dark-skinned people. Because we're a lot easier to control when we're divided. The anti-black and anti-Asian sentiments in our respective communities didn't develop organically. They were put there. They're the product of systems of white supremacy specifically designed to keep people of color disenfranchised in this country. We need to build bridges and stand with the Asian American community and to start dismantling the anti-Asian hatred within ourselves. Because it gets us nowhere, it weakens us both, and there is no question that we would all be stronger together. Did you get that? White people are the reason it, black people are beating the crap out of Asian people. And vice versa if that's actually happening. Huh. White people are the ones that are creating conflict between black men and white and black women. Interesting. I, I suppose all the murders in Chicago, and they're almost all of them, black and black crime. I suppose that's white supremacy too. Wow, those damn white people were pretty smart. Well, no, we're not really that smart. And do you, you realize he basically, he doesn't, first off, he doesn't explain why. How does white supremacy have anything to do with this? That would have been my first question. He never said how white people, white supremacy was making black people attack Asian people. He never said that. I, I would have, that would have been my first question. He didn't say how white supremacy was pitting black men against black women. He never said that. He just said we were. Well, that's good of him, but I, huh? How are we doing it? And then he sits there and he says, well, this is why black men and black women are fighting. This is why black men and Asian men are fighting. Um, I, how does that work? Well, black people think that Asians don't do anything for black, so why should we do this, therefore, white supremacy? How does any of this make sense? And again, it's a 16-year-old with the dreadlocks and with 14 earrings in his ears is giving these opinions. I swear to God, one of these guys, these guys are going to think about what they say and they're just going to get it and they're going to look back and say, what the hell was I thinking? 
Okay, you can uh, download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addicts, Stitcher, YouTube, and Rumble. You can visit my website at Dumbasses Talking Politics so you can take a look at all the great content. This is Gene, and you listen to Dumbasses Talking Politics.